Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear will inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. To speak about the Christ in Christmas, uh, that's what I want to do this morning, if that's okay. Okay, because if you said no, I'm still going to do it. So I want all eyes closed and let us pray this morning as we go in to Christ in Christmas. I want to pray. Heavenly Father, we give you glory. We give you honor. Lord, we worship from place of need. We worship from a place of joy. And we also worship from a place of hurt. And all of those places, Lord, in worship are acceptable unto you. So this morning, Father, we give you worship. We give you worship. We give it to you, Lord. We give you adoration. We give you praise. Father, we ask, Lord, that our hearts be prepared to receive your word. For it is your word that sustains us in every facet of our lives. Speak. Speak to our need. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. As uh, we were preparing the church, um, the church building, the foyer, the stage, the, the room here, in, in preparation for Christmas, you know, I, I, I looked around at our decor and I looked around at the theme and everything around. To me, said Christmas, but I felt that, that there was something missing. We hung up lights, we hung up trees, and we put up tinsel and garland, and still something was missing. Becky was at work, and she was uh, uh, preparing things for Tuesday morning, uh, I'm sorry, for Tuesday evenings, Christmas family portraits that we do here every year, and she texted me from work, and she said, this is a list of a few things I need. She didn't ask me if I had anything to do. She just said, this is what I need. And that's what Becky does. And um, on the list of things that she needed, she said, I need a red blanket. And and I I knew, like, oh, I'm going to have to go to the store and find this red blanket. I go to the store, and in the store, everything is screaming Christmas. Everywhere I looked, trees, lights, angels, reindeer, Santas, candles, sleighs, wreaths. Elves and and trolls. Yes, trolls. And I reached over and I pick up Becky's red blanket. And and as I extended my, my hand past this display, there it was. Staring back at me. As if to say, this is what's missing. And and in the back shelf of 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 All of these ornaments, Christmas ornaments and lights, stuffed Santas and reindeers, there it was, all the way in the back, tucked away, a silver cross. Just a cross. All of a sudden, I looked around and for a moment, nothing, 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 absolutely nothing in the store had anything to do with Jesus. Nothing to do with Christ. In Christmas. So I want to take this month, and last week I spoke about the shepherds, 
and, and, and hopefully you got something out of that. If, if you did not go back, listen again, listen well, listen good. Because I want to draw attention away from the shopping frenzy and the commercialization of this time, this season, so that we may reflect on the most amazing and wonderful gift we have all been given, and that is Jesus. In 1963, two young Jewish songwriters, Edward Pola and George Weil, wrote this now classic, it's a most wonderful time of the year. I don't know who have ever heard that song before. Yeah. But in the song, in the lyrics, there is no mention of Jesus. There is no mention of Christ, of Christ, of Christmas, of this most wonderful time. So what is it about this time that makes this time of the year wonderful? I want to talk to you out of the book of Galatians, chapter 4, verse 4. And I want you to pay close attention because I'm going to read quite a bit. And scripture begins, but when the right time, somebody say the right time. time. Come on, say that like it's Sunday, the right time. time. When the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him. To, to, to freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as. Nowhere in there is so that he could adopt you into a church, a religious group, a religious system. He said he wanted to adopt you as his children. Timing is everything with God. But what about the time makes this time the right time? You know that when Paul is writing this letter to the church of Galatia, uh, the apostle Paul writes from Antioch in Syria. And, and Antioch in Syria is the epicenter of the early believers, the early churches, especially the believers that were considered and called the Gentiles. Gentiles were non-Jewish Christians. All right, everybody got that? Non-Jewish Christians, the Gentiles. And this was the place, in fact, where Christians were, for the very first time, called Christians. Before being known as Christians, Christianity was just known as the way. That's all it was, the way. So Paul writes to this church, and he is writing to this church uh, of Galatia, uh, in, in Galatia, and, he sa- and he's writing because he's not happy. He's not happy with this particular church. And Paul, the one who started the church, this was his church, and, and he couldn't be there physically ongoing, so he'd sustain it by writing letters. And he makes it clear in this letter that we're about to read that they were off kilter. That they were believing something else. That they were believing other teachers and, and that those teachings were, de- they deferred from what Paul had taught them. 
They were going backwards to believing that they had to uphold ancient and Jewish laws and traditions in order to be right before God. So Paul writes this letter that we will be reading. Everybody with me so far? Yes. All right. And this is very important because this, this applies today. I'm going to read and uh, I asked David behind me to go as fast as he can so that I could get through, I think, uh, what we're talking about, 46 verses or so. You're going to get your read on. Merry Christmas. This is what he said. I'm shocked. I'm shocked that you are turning away so soon from God who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You are following a different way that pretends to be the good news, but is not the good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. Let God's curse fall on anyone, including us or even an angel from heaven who preaches a, dif a different kind of good news than the one who preached to you. I say again what we have said before. If anyone preaches any other good news than the one you welcome, let that person be cursed. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Dear brothers, sisters, I want you to understand the gospel message. I preach is not based on mere human reasoning. I received my message from no human source and no one taught me. Instead, I received it by direct revelation from Jesus Christ. You know what I was like when I followed the Jewish religion. How I violently persecuted God's church. I did my best to destroy it. I was far ahead of my fellow Jews in my zeal for the traditions of my ancestors. But even before I was born, God chose me and he called me by his marvelous grace. Then it pleased him to reveal his son to me so that I would proclaim the good news about Jesus to the Gentiles. You know, when this happened, I did not rush out to consult with any human being, nor did I go to Jerusalem to consult with those who were apostles before I was. Now, let me explain this very quickly, because Paul was not a direct disciple of Jesus. There, there were 12 others that were considered the apostles. They were the pillars of the church. Now, Paul, Jesus manifests and reveals himself by way of a vision to Paul. So, so, so there are, there's, it's, it's almost like uh, two different parties. One is focusing on the Jews. The other one is going to now be focused on the Gentiles. And I said in the beginning that Gentiles are non-Jewish Christians. Thank you for paying attention. I really appreciate that. And he said, nor did I go to Jerusalem. Okay, he said, instead, I went into Arabia. And later, I returned to the city of Damascus. Then three years later, how much time? Three years later, I went to Jerusalem to get to know Peter. He didn't even know Peter. And I stayed with him for 15 days. The only other apostle that I met at the time 
was James, Jesus' brother. I declare before God that what I'm writing to you is not a lie. You know, after that visit, I went north into the province of Syria and Cilicia. And still the Christians in the churches in Judea didn't know me personally. All they knew was that people were saying, the one who used to persecute us is now preaching the very faith he tried to destroy. And they praised God because of me. Then 14 years later, how many years later? 14. I went back to Jerusalem again this time with Barnabas and Titus came along. Pay attention to these details. I went there because God revealed to me that I should go. While I was there, I met privately with those considered to be the leaders of the church. And then I shared with them the message that I had been preaching to the Gentiles. I wanted to make sure that we were in agreement for fear that all of my efforts had been wasted and I was running the race for nothing. And they supported me. And, and did not even demand that my companion Titus be circumcised, though he was a Gentile. So now, the, 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 the apostle who had no direct, no direct contact with Jesus in the flesh meets with the disciples that Jesus had taught for three years. And they had an upbringing. They had their traditions. They had a belief system. They got together. They meet to discuss, hey, man, what I'm, what I'm teaching, is this right? You, you, is this good? Is this doctrine sound? Yes, it is. Um, by, the way, by, by the way, you guys have Titus, and Titus is a, a non-Jew, a non and um, he doesn't need to be circumcised. We're going to scratch that. That was part. Can someone go and fix this for me? Thank you. And 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 he doesn't have to be. He doesn't have to uh, be circumcised because that's all the religious stuff. We're 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 going to opt out of that. Now listen carefully. He said they supported me. Even the question came up only because, and the question is the question of circumcision came up. Because of some so-called Christians there. False ones. What kind? False. What kind? False. Wow. Really? Who were secretly brought in. They sneaked in to spy on us and to take away, take away the freedom we have in Christ Jesus. They wanted to enslave us and force us to follow their Jewish regulations. But we refused to give in to them for a single moment. We wanted to preserve the truth of the gospel message for you. And the leaders of the church had nothing to add to what I was preaching. So, so, so Paul is kind of uh, 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 establishes credibility. And then he puts in a little, he, he under, just under the belt there he goes, by the way, their reputation as great leaders made no difference to me, for God has no favorites. And then he drops the mic. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't care what they say anyway. I mean, that's, that's, that was a, he said, instead, they saw that God had given me the responsibility of preaching the gospel to the Gentiles, just as he had given Peter the responsibility of preaching the, to the Jews. For the same God who worked through Peter as the apostle to the Jews also worked through me as the apostle to the Gentiles. In fact, James, Peter, 
and John, who were known as pillars of the church, they recognized the gift God had given me, and they accepted Barnabas and me as their co-workers. They encouraged us to keep preaching to the Gentiles while they continued their work with the Jews. Everybody got me? Everybody following me? Are you getting this letter? They're ironing out some junk, and he's writing to this church. He's writing to this church, and the reason he's writing to this church is because he saw that the church was starting to go back into trying to find works to be made right before God. Now, the reason I found this vital to share this lengthy exchange between this church is that over and over he makes a reference to the phrase uh, in chapter 4, when the right time came, he sent his son, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom. Somebody say freedom. freedom. And, and it was not just to buy freedom, but buy freedom for some, but buy freedom for us all who were slaves to the law. Now notice that he is not talking about sin. So that he could adopt us as his very own children. The right time Paul is talking about here is what we ought to focus on as we celebrate the birth of Christ. There's nothing wrong with the trees and nothing wrong with the lights. And that's not the message here this morning. It's not going to be what you're going to hear from me. However, you cannot, you cannot in your right mind. Say Merry Christmas and not understand what Christmas is about. Paul's entire argument and frustration is that Jesus was, this, was, was subject to the law. He was subjected to the law. He fulfilled the law. And he did so so that we didn't have to fulfill the law. Because no one in that time, nor in this time, would ever be able to follow the law and its requirements. Matthew chapter 5, these are Jesus' words. Don't misunderstand why I have come. Jesus is speaking. Who is speaking? Jesus. And he says, don't misunderstand why I have come. And let me pause there. Hold on. Go back. And I want us to understand, Jesus did not come so that we can hide behind four walls clapping our hands, stomping our feet, giving money, and then going back on Monday and, 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 and be as messy and full of garbage as we arrived on Sunday. Amen. And then you do it on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, all the way through, and then you come back on Sunday, and then, well, if I do this, I'm going to get all cleaned up and washed up, and this is why I need to get to church on Sunday. And for many Christians... This is what being a Christian is. A, a messy Monday through Saturday. I get to church on Sunday and I'm going to be all right because I get a real quick spiritual cleansing and I go back and then I do it all over again. Jesus said, don't misunderstand why I have come. Again, I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, I, I came to their purpose. The church of Galatia was turning away to another teaching. 
to another form of faith that was centered on following traditions, religious ceremonies, rudiments, and that is what made them right before God. Paul is appalled at the thought of going backwards after all of this hard work. Paul tells them, your freedom is at stake. He said they wanted to enslave us and force us to follow their Jewish regulations. But I want you to think about what traditions are you following Sunday to Sunday that you think are making you right before God? I want you, no, seriously, I want you to think about that. Well, it's in my prayer. It's in my Bible study. It's in, it's, in, it's in the sacrifices that I make. It's in my giving. And it's this religion or that religion. This belief and that belief. This faith, that faith. You ever thought about that? That we can't get it together? So many different faiths and so many different denominations. We have the truth. No, we have the truth. No, we have the truth. No, we have the truth. Who do you believe in? Jesus. Except. Paul tells them, we wanted to preserve the truth of the gospel message for you. And you are following a different way that pretends to be the good news. But it's not the good news at all. You are being fooled. By those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. Man, you better get this stuff. Breaks my heart to see the amount of believers and Christians that believe in Jesus and live a life where they feel unworthy to be called a child of God because they can't live up to that person's standard and that person's standard and that person's standard. I tell you, if you come to this church and you're thinking that I am going to change a standard in your life, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, you, you're lost. I, I, I did not die for you, nor will I die for you. I love you. We can, we can, we can split a meal together. I, I, we can do that all day long. You can see. But I am not going to go on a cross to die for you. I'm not doing that. Jesus did that. So my job, my role as the pastor is to point you into the direction of the one who did. My role. And as we inch closer and closer to Christmas, or the festivities, or the celebration, whatever you want to call it, and if you go on TikTok and you see, you'll see so many preachers and that one is like, this is Satan, don't have this on, you're going to go to hell. And, and, and on and on, and, and, and if you have the lights, oh, you're, you're worshiping the, the, the sun god, the moon god. It's like, <laughs> The birth of Jesus was never intended to become so commercialized. It wasn't intended to make people feel stressed. Believers who are stressed because I don't have enough money. For what? It's Christmas. So what? It's Christmas. Frustrated, people feeling defeated. The most 
highest when it comes to when it comes to numbers of suicide happened during this time of the year. The birth of Jesus marks a time in humanity's timeline where God intervenes by way of his love to bring good news. Somebody say good news. Good news. Come on, somebody say good news. good news. And he brings good news to all of his creation. That the land that takes the world's sin away was finally here to make what was wrong right and then provide us all a freedom from the shackles and the bondage of religion and religious ceremonies and religious requirements and on and on and on. Be free. Tell the person next to you, be free. Look to the person behind you and say, be free. Paul wanted this church in Galatia to know in the same way we ought to know today that you are no longer under the bondage of any, any and all religious laws and requirements. Think about this. That is liberating. That is freedom. That my friends... This is what Christmas ought to be. This is why if, if we are to see Christmas as a wonderful and a most wonderful time, it's not because of Christmas trees. It's not because of a guy that comes down a, a chimney and leaves gifts um, in exchange for milk and cookies. It, it's, it's not about rain, flying. Rain. That's craziness. But it's about the one, the rescuer, the savior, the Messiah who came to pay a price that we could never pay. And then, and then, after he pays, he gives the benefit to you. Think about that. How many of you here have ever experienced going out to dinner and someone else paying the bill for you? No, seriously, how, how many know what that feels like? Huh? Wow, not many people. Yeah, I need some new friends. I'm telling you, man, I market. I market. I market. I'm like, okay, he didn't pay. Got you. Got you. Want to get together? Nope. So if I haven't had lunch or dinner with you, uh, <laughs> nope. I make sure that if I have invited you, I'm going to take care of you. That's my thing. I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to take care of you. Jesus did that for us. He pays the price. And then he gives you the receipt. It's paid for. Go. I was thinking about, I was thinking about my father and, and how my father... Um, struggled with renal failure and and we knew that that he needed a, a a kidney transplant and for his situation it was it was a matter of life and death and um and he passed away b before 
making um, the list and on, but you know, I kind of thought about he had to go to dial. He had to go through the dialysis and go and go to the clinic get dialysis and and because he's, he was waiting for this kidney and that was the process. But, but imagine imagine going and receiving a kidney transplant and then you show up the next day for your dialysis treatment after receiving a kidney. It's, it's, it's absurd. The doctors will say, you don't need it. Why? You have the kidney. But I need the treatment. No, you don't need the treatment. I've given, I've given, and that Jesus is the remedy. And he's giving you the remedy so that you don't need it. You don't need the treatment. And, and some of us can't wrap our head around why we worship and why we give. And why we're compassionate and why we're generous, why we're merciful, can't understand it. But when you have been given a second shot, and, and it was just given to you, it cost you absolutely nothing. That is a reason to show up broke, busted on a Sunday. Just to lift your hands and say, I worship you, Lord. I give you honor. I give you glory. And he said in Galatians 4.12, don't play me out yet. I got four, like four more pages. Of, no, I'm just joking. But he said, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you. He said, listen, what he, this is what he's writing to this church, and I need you to, I need you to pay attention. Because some of you, man, your grandmoms and uncles and family members, and you've heard junk from, from that faith and this faith and that church and this religion and, and that one. Man, you're all messed up. You don't know what to believe. And I'm telling you, read it for yourself. If I spend a lot of time as a pastor reading with you all, it's not so that you live a life in your faith walk based on what the pastor said, but on your own walk because of your own pursuit. So I want you to read this for yourself. Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to live as I do in, in, from, and these things that he was talking about were these religious stuff. For I have become like you Gentiles. He said, I scratched all of that, all of, all of, the, all of the, the, the traditions, the rudiments, all of the ceremonialism. I scratched all of that. I'm like these guys over here. I have become like you Gentiles, free from those laws. Chapter 5, verse 1. Keep playing me out, Adrian. So Christ has free now makes listen, when do we make sure? Now make sure that you stop picking up junk. 
it, it bothers me. I'm going to tell you as a pastor, and I, I, I wish we weren't online because I have to behave and watch the way I say things. <laughs> and, and David watches my communication and stuff I say. And he, they're in the back reprimanding me because I said it. I wasn't politically correct and all of that stuff, you know. So, so, but, but I just, I just, I get tired of the stuff you're sending me. Junk that you sent, Pastor. Maybe we shouldn't be doing this. How many of you? Did you hear what he said? Did you hear what that pastor said? Ooh, doctor, so and so said the doctor that said that. That. So Christ has truly set us free. Make sure that you stay free and you don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Be free. Live in the freedom that cost Jesus everything and you nothing. Live in that freedom. Worship because of that. Birth of Jesus. Not only afforded us freedom from the penalty of sin. And that's what people, people have made. Jesus a sacrifice. It's just a, it's a, it's, he dealt with the sin issue. Sin issue, sin issue. Man, it's more than that. Gave us freedom from living a life under bondage of any requirement. Anything that will create a wedge in your heart between us. And our Heavenly Father. Anything. What does this mean for me in today's church? You heard Rebecca? You heard Rebecca talk about giving? And she and she did it eloquently. She did, she did it eloquently, and she did it very uh politically correct. Yo, give money. I'ma tell you, I'm gonna t- hey, give money, give finances, give, right? But listen. In our giving, we don't give because it is a requirement for us to give. But we we give out of a response that because it wasn't required, it's just because of what Jesus did. I give so freely. And I I give because it's a it's a it's a gauge, a measurement of what's happening on the inside of me, and that's why I give. And it's never because it's a requirement. You know, if you don't give, you're going to hell. It's a lie. You know, you're going to be cursed. It's another lie. And don't you, don't you tighten up your pocket now. <laughs> we got bills to pay. <laughs> and, 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 and I will be very honest. We'll, we'll tell you the truth. Listen, your giving sustains the ministry. And, and we're able to do with the things that we do because of your generosity, our generosity. And it's a beautiful thing. My home, you know, when I brought up my children, when I brought up my children, I brought up my children to be generous in the home. Are, are you paying attention? My, my children had to be generous in the home. They had to learn I wanted them to learn that whatever space they occupied, they would be free contributors doing their part to carry their weight. And not because one person believed that. (laughs) And not because I, I, I couldn't afford it or mom couldn't afford it, but we wanted to instill fundamentals. This is why all of our children are completely independent from mom and dad. Completely independent. I now live with my daughter. Darn it. 
That didn't go like I intended. <laughs> My daughter's in the back. You could ask her. Becky and I talk about that. Man, we got to do our part here. I, I can't. I can't have. I can't have David throwing his weight around here. <laughs> <laughs> I do my part. David, come! I'm running out with the trash. You see me, sir. You see me. I'm taking out the trash. What are we having for dinner, sir? And so, so, so as, 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 as we're, we, we, and I don't want to get out of, you know, topic here, but as we're talking about giving, it, giving isn't, and if you are in the church, and I'm sorry for you that are listening to me, if you're in a church where they're telling you that you need to give and that your salvation, that your salvation, the forgiveness of your sin is contingent. It's contingent on your giving. I'm telling you, get up, run, leave. Run, get up, leave. We'll take you here, Scarlet. No. But no church should ever put that on, on anybody because Jesus didn't do that to the people. And Paul, Paul is saying, run from that. Be free from that. So in my worship, I don't worship because worship is a requirement of me. But because it isn't a requirement, because of what Jesus did, that's why I can get here on Sunday and worship freely. No one's forcing me. Hey, you better lift your hands up, stomp your feet. You got to do it. If you don't do it, try to do it freely. And in my prayers, I don't pray because it's a requirement, but I pray because it's not required of me to do so. Because of what Jesus did, he has opened a place into the Holy of Holies that I have full access to my Heavenly Father 24-7 at the face of my Heavenly Father because of what he did so I didn't have to. So in my prayers, I want to pray, not because anyone, listen, Jesus was with his disciples and the disciples themselves have to say, Master, can you teach us to pray? Is that in the curriculum? Do you want to teach us? Oh. When you pray, pray this way. And he made sure he said, don't pray like those guys. And you know what he called them? Hypocrites. I want you to stand. And this... This day, with all eyes closed, I just want you to lift whatever form of praise you feel to give him freely. Whatever you feel to give him freely. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnotes.org. See you next time.